Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. Joining me tonight in place of my typical co-host Corey Walsh to celebrate tonight's victory over the Toronto Raptors is my good old buddy old pal Dan Galinsky of King James Gospel. Dan, it's been a minute since we actually got on one of these. How you doing? Been great, Mac. Thanks for having me as always. Oh, man. So I, I'm just going to jump right into it because, in, and like I was telling you before uh, we went live here, typically I like to have a bit of a script heading into one of these. And tonight I don't just because I want to give my pure, raw, unfiltered emotion uh, in regards to not only tonight's game, but the past couple of games. But what better place to start than tonight? And that is a 118-93 blowout victory over the Fred Van Vlietless Toronto Raptors. So with that being the case, if there was one detail from tonight's game, just one thing you had to nail down as pointing to the reason why they were able to go out there and, and take care of this one so handily, what would that be? Is there even a way for you to summarize it? Well, I just think in prior games against the Raptors this year, they struggled with live ball turnovers. I think tonight, uh, conversely, I thought they did a far better job of of making quicker decisions um, with the basketball um, collectively. And I thought that was definitely a telltale sign in in a a positive way um, as to – them being efficient offensively, um, making quick decisions. Uh, I thought they handled Toronto's when they threw it in their um, their zone effectively as well. So I, I thought that was that was key for me. Like just at the core, at its core, it's the shooting. And I know a lot of people want to point to the bench, and we'll get to the bench here in a minute because it's still a point of contention. I'm not going to sugarcoat shit here. It's definitely something that is going to continuously be bothersome, and that's just the reality of the situation. The Cavs do not have a ton of shooting. They do not have inspired shooting off of that bench. And really, outside of Darius Garland and um, Donovan Mitchell – you don't have too much of that when it's in the starting lineup either because, you know, Isaac is good for maybe one a game if he's on. And tonight you look at his field goal attempts, three, three, uh, three field goal attempts, and he's under he's, – he's at about five a game, I believe, a little under six maybe on this season in regards to total field goal attempts. And with Jared Allen not being able to space the floor and Evan Mobley still being kind of a work in progress, you're asking a hell of a lot of the backcourt to be able to make up for a lot of that. And to their credit, they did tonight, um, which they haven't been able to do too much in the past few games um, collectively. You look at Donovan Mitchell, for instance, we'll start there. 35 points on the night, 13 to 21 from the field, and eight, yes, count them, eight of 12 from three-point range. That had not been the case for him recently. And he'd actually, I think somebody pointed this out to me the other day, um, he hadn't been shooting too well since that 71-point explosion that he had uh, against Chicago earlier in the season. So it's been damn good to see him have a performance like this. Um, for Mitchell, do you think he was just in a slump? Or do you think this is, you know, because this is already kind of an outlier season for him from range? 
Yeah, I think it was maybe teams adjusting at that point in the season. Uh, usually teams are going to have more of a kind of fine-tuned X and O's plan uh, by that point, um, like in mid-January uh, to, to the February February stretch run. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, it, it could have been a slump to some to some extent. Um, I think part of it is also he's he's still whether they say it publicly or not, uh, getting used to Mobley and Allen and in, in in the PNR situations. Uh, I think they're still trying to work through how to how to. I think this team is trying to get him a little more uh, movement looks as well. I think it's. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously see the the pull up game from him, but I think they're trying to. Um, almost balance him or and or himself balance trying to push and get to the line, um, but also kind of allow Garland to get going as well. Uh, but I just think it's you probably hit the hammer on the nail in, in the sense that yeah, probably like for him to be north of forty percent is like it had to come down a little bit. Um, but I think by and large his um, shot versatility has, has really popped this year. Uh, I think he's been, not that he wasn't a movement shooter necessarily before, but he's really shown he can be that sort of guy um, at volume. But I think uh, you would like to see there be a little bit more, um, let's just get into the floater game, um, hit the spray outs, a little bit more. I think it's, there was a little bit of stagnation uh, in January with him, but um, again, like, like a guy in a completely new situation, you have to expect there's going to be some peaks and valleys. So um, I don't deem that as really concerning, but this is definitely a game that as we've seen when he's been on these little runs um, for like weeks at a time that can kind of propel him and hopefully for the team themselves um, collectively that can, could get him a little more juice. I think that's probably the, the most apt way to put it, just because for him, and one of the, I'm not going to mince words here, one of the best things about watching Donovan Mitchell is just the confidence most nights that he showcases. Like, he will pull up on you. He doesn't care if you put the hand in his face. He will pull up on you if he feels like he's got it going. And tonight, we saw a lot of that. <laughs> um, there were some triples out there that were that probably had no – I would say if you saw Donovan, uh, saw Darius Garland taking them, I, I don't know if I'd feel so comfortable with him just consistently showing that level of confidence out there. But lo and behold, Donovan, he does. Um, when he sees that shot go in – it's like the lid has been, you know, un, unleashed on opponents. And it was just such a sight to see, especially after such a woeful performance against the Hawks the other day when he went to a 10 from range and 6 to 17 from the field in particular. And another thing that really stuck out to me, because this has been something that many people have have tried to point out to me in the past, and that's that it often seems like Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are not like on at the same time, most of the nights, um, if you have a big night from Darius, sometimes that can be followed um, or coinciding with a maybe so much as a lackluster performance from Mitchell uh, with maybe members of the front court picking it up or vice versa. Donovan Mitchell having a big game and Darius Garland not looking so great, uh, but contributing in other areas. 
Tonight, however, both of them appeared to be on in their own right. Uh, Darius Garland, 6-12 from the field, 3-4 from range. Um, he's not a guy, especially when you have Mitchell out there. He's not going to take a, a, a ton of shots. He's definitely not going to take a ton of dribbles if the game doesn't warrant that. Um, but 11 huge assists tonight. Um, do you think that dynamic is something to keep an eye on? Because I know it was something that people had been worried about prior to the start of the season. And honestly, it was very similar to what people were, the, the sentiments that people were echoing with Colin and um, and, and Darius prior to the start of this, well, prior to that trade, rather. Do you think that dynamic is something to keep an eye on down the stretch, especially as we get closer to postseason? Yeah, I think it's a, definitely a reasonable um, question to have. Uh, and uh, many Cavs fans, and, and you can hear when you listen on local radio or uh, just like on Twitterverse, they always have that um, kind of narrative. It almost seems as if they're pushing. But to me, when you have creators of that ilk, you have to let them cook a little bit. And there's going to be instances where they're off. Um, but I just think regardless of, of the splits game to game, um, it's it, to me, it's more about the approach they have. Um, I, I think you hear Donovan post game often say, like, I want Darius to be aggressive. Um, both of them say that about whoever. Uh, and they say it about Mobley, too. I, I think it's more just... Um, you just don't want guys to be necessarily just looking for themselves. But I think with Darius, uh, he seems like if he misses three shots, he might like kind of take a backseat. I, I, I think lately that hasn't been the case as much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, with you a hundred percent on that in the sense that he's not going to have he, like, just as a player, he's not going to be having the, the like, he's not going to be like having no conscience like Donovan, um, so to speak, but I don't think it's a huge issue. I think many are overreacting to that. I think the bigger problem is I want the Cavs to be playing shooters off the bench more than they've been. I think that kind of alleviates some of the pressure on those two guys uh, in, in particular. Uh, but Again, I'm, I'm sure we'll probably get into that a little bit here, but uh, it's more of a question of what the hell is going on with JB in JB's head, not playing guys like Dean Wade and, and Jetty. I mean, barely, like basically didn't play tonight. I mean, kind of like you could say. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's more he needs to allow other guys to like the supporting cast to help. Donovan and Darius more than more of it being an issue themselves. Specifically in regards to Jetty and the bench in particular, for me, it's just like, yeah, you, you want the bench to be able to contribute, but I gotta be honest with you, Dan, like I'm not totally inspired by Jetty uh, and, and Dean at the moment and really, really everybody. I'm just going to go flat out and say it. And I'm, as big as a, a Levert supporter as I am, 
Um, you can't always count on his shot to fall for one. And you know, the troubles that he's had from inside three point range this season is well documented. Ricky. Um, and we really need to talk about Ricky. Um, he just doesn't look the same. Obviously he hasn't been back for that long. Um, that he was, he's never been a guy that's been built off of explosiveness, but certainly is just not, in my opinion, at least in my estimation, maybe I'm missing something, but he's not moving around the same way that he once was. Obviously, the ACL tear has everything to do with that. Um, and he's not knocking down shots, and he's never really been known for doing that in the first place. Um, he did a lot. Uh, he made a lot of timely shots last season, but his percentages weren't great either. Um, it's just one of those things. Like, you don't you, – you can't necessarily – feel comfortable if you're the Cavs rolling into each one of these games with the bench that you typically have. And I've been a very big supporter of all these guys. And I'm just going to come out and say it like they don't warrant a lot of support, but this is who we have. The Cavs did not make a deal at the deadline, which I was a huge proponent of. And I'm still a big proponent of that just because I feel like I didn't want to surrender additional assets at the deadline that we, you know, we shipped out a ton to get Donovan already, I feel like this team is not yet at title contention. So why make a move that, you know, even if it's something as small as shipping out a second rounder or two, to me, it's not necessary just yet. Um, see what you have. Let the season play out. Make moves in the offseason if you can. Uh, but the bench in particular just does not give you a lot to be very, uh, very excited about. I mean, on a night in which your bench literally gave you 16 points, um, just does not give you a lot. Uh, I mean, is there is there a reason behind the fact that Dean Wade just does not look confident in shooting? Uh, is, is there a reason why you're not getting more production out of more production and run out of Jetty? Um, where do these things? Where where are the fault? Where's the fault to be? Uh, placed here is it, is it on JB is it on the players like what are we looking at here yeah again I, I'm those are all reasonable statements uh, the bench leaves a lot to be desired from a scoring perspective I think what the Cavs outlook is however is that they want guys that when they're out there can impact winning and in that kind of comes and goes uh, in, in other words, they have like their, their four guys that are going to get the vast majority of shots, but that makes it harder on other guys to get into a rhythm. I, I again, I'm not absolving Jetty in, in saying that he's not at fault to some, to some extent here. Uh, and, and Dean is, yeah, he's been notably or noticeably hesitant. It seems since he's come back, which is so uh, many again, pump fakes. So it's a little weird. Like he, in at least, but it seems like maybe a little earlier on, there would be those pump fakes from the top of the key or on the wing, and then he'd go into like a, a solid floater that he has, or he would get a mismatch. Not that he's going to be a high volume post up guy, but he would he would shoot over the top of it if it's like a guard because he often is guarded by guards um, because they want. I don't know, to force him to, to make plays, whatever. Uh, but yeah, that's been concerning. But I think, again, it, it goes to, to me, to JB. I, I think a lot of it is, it, it seems, whether I, I'm not saying I know, but it seems that guys are much more hesitant right now. Maybe uh, 
JB says to them, like, it's the playoff push. We don't want you kind of like pushing it yourself into like, like Jetty, for example, but you gotta let Jetty is at his best when he's playing free. And lately that does not seem, doesn't seem like he's able to have those opportunities, but honestly, I thought he played really well against Atlanta. Um, Definitely was again. Yeah. The game was, was out of hand. We knew that they were going to lose, but you need to allow him to to go through his lumps a little bit. And the more you just sit guys on the bench like him and Dean, the less confident they're going to be in these high leverage situations like in the playoffs or as we get further down the stretch here. And I, that's just – that is a very concerning trend as to the limit of players that, that JB's deploying right now. Um, and you have to – everybody had to have anticipated Rubio wasn't going to be last year's Rubio. That That's just – that was an, it was an anomaly situation. But um, the fact of the matter is he still impacts winning, um, still a heady player, and whether it always leads to assists or not um, – he always seems to make the right pass, whatever that is, when he has the ball in his hands. Um, and like you said, he's, he's not a player that was explosive. That was not like a, an outlier skill for him. Um, but it was always up there um, that he has probably more than anybody on the roster still. And I just think when he's out there, there's still a calming presence for him, uh, or I should say from him, and still manipulates PNR as, as well as anybody. Um, and I just think... When you look at Dean, yeah, the the splits are not going to be gaudy, but he always makes like really heady uh, hockey assists. Um, always is there defensively to help. Um, yeah, is is he going to follow times? Yeah, sure. Um, can be a little handsy, but we need guys like that in the forward. We need his length, especially. And I, I just I, I'm a little bit baffled as to why that the lack of run for other guys right now, because I, I don't want to, I don't want to like jinx anything and, and God knows this team doesn't need it. But if there were injury, if there was an injury to one of the two backcourt guys right now, even something like another nagging one, like that groin um, for Don, like that could, the, the, them falling to the plane is not like, it, it, it's not like, not a guarantee. I mean, we'll have to see. I don't <laughs> think there's any way that is the case, but they cannot have these, they can't have letdowns here. Um, and I'm not going to give them a ton of credit for tonight's game. You know, it was second night of a back-to-back for Toronto. They were without, I mean, again, that's been a weird team this year. And I, what's going on with Van Bleed is strange, but it's not like he doesn't matter in, in a game and, and he's going to put ball pressure on you on the other end. So, uh, JB, I, I'm a JB guy. Like I, I, I want to see him get a legit playoff run, but mm-hmm. the 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 seat has got to be a little bit hot if if they just get their doors blown off in the playoffs. Like I, I get why fans are kind of fuming right now with him. For me, like I'm not, I'm I, I don't share the same sentiment in regards to JB. Um, obviously we're not in the postseason yet, so I, I'm going to save my final determination on that until we get to that postseason uh, time, especially whatever seed that we're in. The Agreed for the have. record. I, I just wanted to clear it up, but go ahead. Yeah. 
Uh, but I definitely like at, at times the criticism is warranted and people are always like, Oh man, Mac, you never, you're not really critical of JB at all. It's not that I'm not critical of him. It's just that I need, I'm saving my final determination on whether or not I feel like JB deserves to be a long-term coach of the Cavaliers until I see this man coach in the postseason. His job, um, the seat, is to me, in my opinion, it's not going to get too hot until that occurs. Like if this team goes out and they just get their asses kicked, they get swept by whoever they play uh, in in the playoffs. Yeah, it's. I think it's safe to say that JB's seat is going to be not scorching, but it's definitely going to be a little bit warm. Um, I think when they first put the Mitchell trade out there, when, when when things first went through, the idea was that this is going to be a is going to be somewhat of a process. It's not going to be Tyler Buzz, but adding him does give you that expectation, that level of expectation that expedited the process. And I think a playoff loss in the first round, while um, depending upon the competitiveness of it, if the Cavs go out there and get swept, yeah, seats warm. If they get they take it to six or seven or win, he's good. Um, I, and I feel like that's a good place to 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 keep that um uh, that level headedness at now during the regular season i definitely understand the frustration with uh rotations because that's another huge point of contention for cast fans just like you pointed to just a moment ago but let me ask you this i mean you, you're you're likely to roll out an eight to nine minute rotation in the postseason and your four be- your four best reserves are in no separate order dean wade you know ricky rubio carisavert and Dare I say Jetty Osmond? I mean, I don't know. Like, you really don't know what you have. You just brought on Danny Green and a lot of people. And let me get your opinion on that real quick. Based upon what you've seen from Danny so far, do you still think he has enough to give you like 15 to 20 minutes a night? Oh, man. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. Like, these are not – people act like being a head coach is like, oh, like, it's as simple as this guy needs to get X amount of minutes a game. Like it, it doesn't work that way. You have to um, see what the other team is doing. You have to adjust the game flow. Um, and who the hell like Dr. Claude knows guy is going <laughs> to, is actually going to guard. Like at this point, Danny can't guard a whole lot right now. Um, heady player, but I, yeah, 15 minutes in a playoff setting. I, I just think at this point, you, you kind of, they won't say it. I think mm-hmm. you, you kind of got him to be like essentially a coach on the sideline, help them um, with their adjustments game to game. And I, yeah, I, I can't say that right now. I guess they're going to have to give him some run uh, down the stretch <laughs> here, but I, I got people six minutes might, tonight. People might say that this is like Homer or something, but I'm not playing him over Jetty or Dean in a, in a, in a <laughs> meaningful game. I know it sounds wacky, but he's coming off that ACL of himself or himself. Mm-hmm. And he's just in, I, know, I get the playoff experience thing. Um, that's like, you can't put like a, I don't know. You can't there's not a price like on that. Yeah. Right. There's not really a quantity that you could apply to, but I, I understand what you But you're this saying. is not Danny Green, like, like playoff contributor, like on the Raptors, like integral piece guy. I mean, maybe I could be wrong, but unless there's I hope something that, right, <laughs> I am too, but I just don't see 
the movement shooting popping in, mm. in, in a playoff setting, just like out of the blue, they have to figure out how they're going to use him um, in terms of like what kind of screeners he plays well with. Um, I don't know. I just think if you gotta, you gotta give Jetty his chance, man. I mean, this is what you're six and I, I, I just don't see like, I don't know if I were a Jetty or Dean, I, I would not be a fan of the JB at all. Like this is getting kind of ridiculous. I mean, you extended Dean, you got to give him some play and you got, you got to allow guys to actually take lumps. This is my biggest com- complaint with JB over the years. It was the same way with Colin. Like mm-hmm. you need to allow, I get you want guys to impact winning. Sure. I, I everybody wants their players to impact winning. I get that entirely, but Jetty's been a pretty damn good soldier for you for some time now, and he's put up with a lot of bullshit. And I'm getting <laughs> sick of this. Like, if if this is how they're gonna, if this is how they were gonna play this with Jetty, you, why the hell didn't you move him? Like, it, this is kind of ridiculous. And Jetty's not ever gonna be a guy like Kevin Love. He's not gonna be a problem. Um, but they're taking advantage of him in this sense, and I am very concerned that him or Dean, like him and Dean both in particular are not going to have a real shot. And I don't want Danny Green to take that opportunity from them because he has done nothing to warrant that at this point. And the Cavs, in particular JB, need to get their head out of their ass in that way. And you need to allow guys to actually make make plays. And if he misses shots, so be it. Like, when a guy it's hard as a shooter in particular mm-hmm. to play 24 minutes one night and then five the next night. Like that, that has to stop. You need to have, you need to allow guys like that to have two real stretches. And that's, that's the, that is more to me, the issue down the stretch than the actual box scores that people want to look at when they say Jetty or Dean, like allow them to, to find who they play well with and, like that will, the results will follow, I believe. But again, it remains to be seen if we'll actually see that. I think all of that is completely fair. And to those of you who are listening out there, you guys know how staunch of a supporter that I am of, <laughs> of JB. But that is honestly the biggest point of contention for most fans in regards to him is the rotations, the lack of consistency, not really giving guys a chance when you honestly, at this point kind of have to is the one last thing. And I, I give him all of his credit for defense, all of it, but don't tell me that you're not playing Jetty or Dean for, uh, for Isaac. I, I'm so sick of this shit. Like <laughs> I know he's, he's an impact defender. The, the matchup versatility metrics say it and all that stuff, uh-huh. but are, are we sure in the playoffs that he's really going to be that level of impact defender? Like Matisse Thibel, frankly, is every bit of the impact defender in the playoffs. He was not playable. So you need to, uh, JB needs to see like, you got to score points to win in this goddamn league. And that's concerning. That's my last take. <laughs> I mean, I love it. They're all unfiltered emotion. That's why we went off script tonight. Um, no, I, I think that is a fair statement and folks know how big of a supporter I've been for a Coro, but I mean, let's face it, Coro's not shooting particularly well. I do not have a problem with you 
um, taking his minutes. If you, you know, shortening the time that he's out on there and to JB's credit, that's exactly what's happening with the core over his last five games dating, you know, prior to the break guys only getting 23 and uh, 23.7 minutes a night. And that was kind of the same case tonight. He only played 21 minutes. Um, and you saw, you know, within those 21 minutes, he put up just three shots. Um, and, you know, as Dr. Claw is saying down here, you know, they, they finally got the ball to Isaac, <laughs> two timely threes. That was definitely the case for Isaac tonight. And that's something that you want to continuously see from him. And he had that great stretch in January where he was playing really good basketball, where he was looking confident shooting the ball. And you saw that kind of peek through again tonight. Uh, but when he's not shooting the bar, when he doesn't look confident doing that, I have no problem giving some of those minutes away to not only Dean, uh, but to Jetty as well. And uh, in regards to Jetty, he did not see the floor tonight. And this was a blow. Um, I'm not sure. I, I didn't check. To, I honestly did not check the injury report prior to tonight's game. Was Jetty hurt? Was he listed as, as out? I actually didn't either. Um, and I can't remember who. Just wrote below. Maybe there was undisclosed uh, injury. <laughs> protest <I think>. injury. <laughs> what was it? He had like a stiff neck. What was it? Stiff neck. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm sure that had Thanks, to have Tom. played into stuff. But as we've seen for God knows how long, um, for like the umpteenth time, like his, his minutes are, are they're peaks and valleys. Like there's just mm-hmm. very minimal consistency over like 12 game spans. Like it's just, he'll have random DMPs. So it's, I don't really think it was that because what did he play? 25 minutes, I think against Denver. Um, I think he had like five points. I mean, he wasn't really on per se, but he, I think he was a negative or or a net positive in the game. Um, And then the, the game falling against Atlanta again, the, we know the narrative um, in terms of the terrible start, but he did give them a spark. And when he was on the floor, you could tell like he gets guys going and always finds a way to be a transition factor. I don't even know how, but I, I just, I don't get it. So who knows? I love Jetty and uh, Jetty in transition. It's one of the things that I've really become accustomed to in regards to Cavalanches, you often see that being a catalyst within that um kevin love played a big part in that before he was gone uh but yeah in in reference to the consistency in minutes against denver 27 minutes against atlanta 16 minutes i believe tonight zero <laughs> uh that's just kind of how it's been for jetty you know dating back to last season when he was continuously put in and out of the doghouse um, I don't know if he just has – if that's the relationship he has with JB. Um, I'm not sure if it's something that is, you know, <laughs> if it's something that we don't necessarily have, uh, you know, at our disposal right now in regards to why that is happening. But it is frustrating, and I'm sure it's got to be frustrating even more so for him. Um, you know, for the rest of these guys on this bench um, – I, I honestly don't know what to say. I mean, Dean, after you've let Kevin Love walk, Dean's got to play. Um, you're you're not going to not have Karis and Ricky out there. That that has been my stance for a long time now. You have to have those guys out there because even when they're not knocking down shots, they're doing so many other little things uh, that they kind of that they've become invaluable. And I know a lot of people kind of get angry with me in regards to my uh my Levert stance, my Levert takes. 
But I mean, this is the deal. They they chose to keep him at the deadline. Mm-hmm. You deal with it or you don't. But he's a cavalier for right now. Am I saying that they should sign the guy long term? Not necessarily. But this is who we have right now. And the style of play that he has, in my opinion, I feel like he's going to come really um, at an advantage to come postseason play when things slow down, especially in the half court. But that's just me. Um, I could definitely be wrong in regards to that. But just from a top-down view for, for this entire bench, just doesn't, a lot, doesn't leave a lot to be inspired about right now, which leads me to my next question. I believe that we saw today that – um, the Cavs are evaluating whether or not to bring somebody on with that last roster spot. Is there a free agent in particular right now that you feel like could help the Cavs out? I see a lot of people get clamoring for Carmelo. <laughs> uh, do you see a potential fit there, or do you think the Cavs need to go big? I actually kind of like the Carmelo thing. Uh I didn't think I didn't know if we were actually going to go there, but I kind of like it just because, like you said, I mean, in the postseason things slow down, and there are stretches where teams need guys to just come in, and yeah, there's going to be some volatility, but you need people that are going to be shot creators in different ways, and dude's probably just been working out. Um, posting videos on Instagram or something with like Drew Handlin or, or whatever, whoever that trainer is. I, I can't remember the dude's name, Chris Brickley. That's it. Um, and he, he's already made shooter. Like I, I don't see with Kevin Love no longer here. That's a guy I have to look at, especially because who knows if we're, Dean's actually going to get real opportunities to, to establish a rhythm. And I think from veteran standpoint, he can help there. And I know he's not an impact defender. I'm not saying he is, but against bench lineups, like against bench four slash fives, he can be like, okay. And you can throw him in there and drop, throw him in lineups with Evan is kind of like a kind of five ish. Um, at least offensively underrated screen or two. Um, actually has some movement shooting ability still. I mean, I know he doesn't move like how he used to, but um, I love that. And I just think if it doesn't work, okay. But you need somebody that can really give pop um, is a, is a real shot creator or, or I should say shooter. I think he still can create his own shots a little bit um, in spurts. I, I like that personally much more than like getting like a a another tertiary career like a John Wall type. Um I think it's a much more low risk move. Uh I, I just think it, it like could you get I guess Moses Brown? Okay, sure. But I just I don't think if you're gonna actually sign somebody, have it be a guy that's that that can be a real factor um and make the stars more even more offensively dangerous. I think him is, is a, um, an off the bench heat check guy, um, and or pick and pop threat, uh, and another player that just knows how to get to the free throw line. I think people don't understand that that does still matter, especially in the playoffs. I, 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 whether it's, it's being like, like 
just rolling with the populate the populace here. I, I'd go with I'd go with that. I think that's completely fair. For me, like I'm I'm not huge on the Carmelo edition, but I do understand what he would be able to bring to the table. If the Cavs brought him on board, I'm not, I wouldn't necessarily be pissed about it. I think about I think that he would definitely be a guy that could be in the rotation in the bench considering <laughs> what we have. I mean, you, you you wouldn't sign a guy like that with the intent not to play him because that's essentially what you're doing with Danny Randall, who in a blowout win still only played six minutes. Uh, when, when many people were clamoring for him to be out on the court. So I don't know. Time will tell what they do with that last remaining roster spot, but there's definitely a uh, a sense of urgency around surrounding this team with additional shooting or at least additional scoring from that bench because you cannot consistently rely upon the starters to to be ridden so heavily, especially down the stretch of the season. Um, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen cannot continue to be out on the court so long. Ditto for Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. You cannot continue to ride these guys for so long. Evan Mobley had a huge game tonight, in my opinion, and didn't necessarily outscore Jared Allen, but the things that he was able to do defensively, the setups that he was able to have by facilitating out there, moving the ball around. So many of the little things from such a young player that you just don't expect from a guy uh, his age um, that's still soaking up so much, still learning so much, just absolutely phenomenal. And then the three-point shots uh, to cap it off tonight, that was just insane. Um, and and even the Jarrett three-pointer attempt, um, <laughs> love seeing that. I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I'm at, though, with the Cavs. Um, I feel like... Many of many of the things that we've seen said, especially on social media about this team over the past few games, has been wildly overblown. Um, I, I think sure. that you're you you look at some of the scheduling that this team has had to deal with has been not particularly kind to them. You know, playing the back to back with I was it Atlanta, I believe, um, just not not due to be a good game. And you saw that play out on both ends. Cavs could not hit a shot. Cavs couldn't defend uh, in, in large spurts. And then you just had Atlanta just completely shooting the lights out. Uh, yeah. Well, they, I mean, they had the the coaching change. You had to know that there was some more juice there for them in that game. Um, AC, I think kind of touched on that. Uh, I think in the, I can't remember if it was, which, if it was the Bally stream or the lead pass stream, but um, yeah, like he had to know that was coming and they had a stretch in the second quarter where they shot 15 of 15 and, and I like Sadiq Bay's game. Don't get me wrong, but some of the shots he was hitting in that stretch and, and like Jalen Johnson hits two runners in the lane, like long footed. It's like, okay, like it, it's, it's not, it's just not your night. Yeah. Like, come on. So you take it with a grain of salt. Exactly. And I think that fans need to remember that this is still a marathon. It's not a sprint, even though you, I think, have 19 games left on the season. Um, every game is going to be continuously important in regards to seeding. But we are not at the point in this in this tenure where the, the Cavs are title or bust. And I just think it's important for fans to keep that mindset. This is going to be a process. This season, however fun it is, is not, and I'll say this again on record, this season, although anything is possible, 
is not likely to end in a championship. I think it's important to put things into perspective. Um, the, the Cavs are still figuring shit out, uh, for better or worse. And that's that's kind of my final thoughts on that. So that being the case, like we always tell you guys, if you like to hit us up, you can at its Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you want to be added to the exclusive It's Cavalier Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot of that review to It's Cavalier, it's Cavalier 53 uh, at gmail.com, and I'll send you an invite. That said, go Cavs. Have a good night.